0: And welcome to the Caring Congregation podcast, where we seek to educate and equip pastors and congregational care ministers to develop and implement congregational care ministry and to provide ongoing training and resources to existing care ministries. I'm Rev. Joy Dister-Dominguez, and with me today is Rev. Eddie Kaler. And Eddie is the director and campus minister of the TCU Wesley Foundation in Fort Worth, Texas. And on today's episode, this is part two of a two-part series on care for college students. So if you by chance missed part one, I invite you to go back and listen to part one of care for college students. It will make a lot more sense (laughs) where we're picking up. But we continue our conversation for part two on Care for College Students with a story that Reverend Eddie is telling us about um, a family member, and we're discussing the way in which um, college students are thought of by local congregations. Often when they come in, it's this assumption of, hey, save our church. Oh, look, there's a young person. Come, save us, (laughs) save our church, bring your friends. Instead of honoring who the college student is, the fact that they are a beloved child of God in seek of connection and an encounter with Jesus, we often put these unrealistic expectations on these college students, which just isn't fair. And so today's episode continues our conversation on excellent ways in which you can be in care for and with college students. So I hope that you find this really helpful. Take a listen.
1: My, my in-laws have a fabulous story uh, that I love uh, that just illustrates that in, in that uh, my sister-in-law brought a friend with her, a college-age friend to her home church for the first time, and uh they must have got separated because he ran off to go to the restroom or to do something or not and and uh she never found off where he ran to and (laughs) it's sure enough in service she was in the pew and out comes the choir all robed up and her friend had gotten himself wrapped up into the choir and uh you know it can happen that fast
0: (laughs) and he's probably just like okay yeah it's hard to
1: say no to to some folks right Yeah. yeah
0: Wow. Mm, that's so hard. It's so hard. Well, and then also I think what's really interesting, anytime you have young people and especially college students who are of a different generation that need interaction and learning, uh, learning scripture, needing um, interaction and engagement with, with one another in, in, in a Christian setting, we, and I'm saying, I'm being, I'm generalizing we as the church, you know, we want to, we want to welcome you in, but then we want you to conform to the ways we're already doing things as opposed to welcome in. What do you need? How can, how can we honor what you need and what you're looking for and then grow together? And, and we as the church change, to accept you and to, to love you and together be the body of Christ, not, not the stagnant body of Christ that we're creating that we want you to fit into. Yeah. Does that make sense?
1: It does. Absolutely. I recently heard uh, a great uh, talk about the prodigal son, and this is totally applicable to local church caring congregation, because if, if college students You know, if they don't attend church, um, if that was something maybe they did in high school or or growing up and gotten away from it, or some have never been to church or never been introduced to a Christian community, then at some point we're hoping and praying and trusting that they will come home to the faith. They will come home to the church. And uh, this talk uh, that I, I was listening to posed the question, when they come home, what kind of homecoming will it be? There's a lot of different pictures in scripture about some homecomings that have gone well and have not gone well. I mean, uh, this, this, this uh, person highlighted the story of David and his son Absalom, who when he had to turn back and come home, he, um, had to bow to the throne and kiss the ring and be very very solemn Mm -hmm. and was even ignored by david for a couple of weeks i mean it was not a, a a rich homecoming and in contrast um the prodigal son story where unlike david who sits back in the in the seat and waits for his son to you know approach him in the right way the prodigal son story has the father running after and leaping toward um, what, so I think, I, and I, I heard this from many folks when I served in the local church, particularly parents and grandparents, always wondering, how do I get my kids back in church? How do I mm-hmm. help them find faith again? And I almost wonder if the, uh, the, the work or the patience, the practice uh, for them and for folks in their shoes and for local churches like that was to pay more attention to what kind of homecoming they're getting ready to offer when their Mm -hmm. when their person comes back is it one that's going to be no questions asked celebrate you cut the greatest cut of meat uh, it's time to celebrate i don't Mm want to hear all your explanations of (laughs) what went good or what bad i don't care come home let's party Um, Mm -hmm. Or is it going to be as you described? uh, We're glad you're back, but uh, if you could do this, if you Mm -hmm. could do that, that would really make it more comfortable for us if you were to stay here longer.
0: (laughs) Mm. Yeah, Yeah. and I think too we have to remember these young adults, these young persons leave at 17 or 18. They go to school, and not not I mean they'll be home to visit perhaps, but when they come back, four years, five years, maybe six years later. um, they're changed. They're different. Um, I mean, there's, I love how the story of Jesus being kicked out of his hometown is included. You know, it's, it's, man, it happened to Jesus, you know, (laughs) um, we can't have those same expectations and those same interactions with our young people after they've obtained a degree and lived life and had disappointments and had heartache Pain and suffering, perhaps, um, but also great triumphs and great successes. And expect them to be the same person. And so, how do we honor that? How do we honor all of them and who they are? It's almost like we need a pastors need this time to get to know them. You know, if they don't know them already, but but get to know them and and talk through this experience. And I almost wonder if college students need. That time to process, a safe space to process what they've been through the last four, five, six years um, and what they've learned and where they've seen God at work, um, where they've seen their faith challenged. Um, just it kind of makes you think how you can best support college students. And speaking of um, the connection to the local church, how do you find that some of your students, especially those that are out of state, are they connected to their local church if they had one, um, and if so, how is that?
1: the The context here um, is one that, at least what I've seen, the students that are connected to a local church are super connected. I mean, hmm. that's their place, and they go like there locally. On, yeah. They have
0: a local church. Okay.
1: Yeah, they go there Sunday mornings. Cool. Maybe that local church is doing a, a, a service. During the week, they go to that. Wow. You've got a life group. Um, that, that's, that probably is you know, a certain percentage of the students. And then the other half or whatever it is um, are not connected to a local church at all. I, I see it in, in pretty extremes. You're either all in or you're not. <laughs> it's very rare that I hear about somebody who's kind of casually... I go to this church every so often, which I don't know what to make of that. But that's that's uh, what I see on campus.
0: When you think of the students that are connected and well connected to that local church, is there something that those churches are doing right or doing doing well or doing intentionally?
1: Yeah, I'm always asking myself the same question, like, (laughs) what what is it? And sure. because it's not necessarily location, mm-hmm. at least for our campus, like students mm-hmm. are more than willing to hop up in the car and drive, you know, a few miles down the road. Mm-hmm. At one point, we used to think it was all about just being in close proximity to campus, sure. but that's not it. Um, yeah, it's it's. I think it's the people. I think it's mm-hmm. the the um, the classic like what would make a college student want to come to this a lot of other college students there and that is so obvious and so frustrating at the same time because if Mm -hmm. you're if you're listening to this and you're wanting to reach out to college students and begin a ministry chances are you've you've only got maybe one or two maybe kind of connection points and it's so 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 hard Mm -hmm. to drum up that uh that uh that group Mm -hmm. to to be a a good spot for other Mm -hmm. college students to come to so Mm -hmm. I I look at some of these churches that are doing this and and I wonder I know some of their theologies and I'm like why is that attractive to an 18 year old in 2022 but I think it's because there's a lot of other 18 year olds there Mm -hmm. Mm
0: (laughs) so sure sure yeah you know being having been in college ministry and now in the local church I see so many churches struggle with what you're saying about that that attractional model for college students and yet for at least the United Methodist Church we have specialty ministries like Wesley Foundations for this purpose specific purpose and so I think one thing that that's been clear for me, at least in, in where my context is of the local church in Fort Worth, like why, why try to create a college ministry in the church when down the street you're, you're doing one and doing one very well. <laughs> and so how can we then as a church partner with you and your students? Um, and I, I almost wonder if congregations can do better at at that connection. And and I'll, I'll be honest, I know that we could do better. (laughs) Uh, But just having having that connection, building that relationship, uh, pouring into the students whenever we can, however we can. I know, and you know, it takes a lot of money for for college ministry, because it's not something where um, it's, it's hard. I mean, it takes, it takes money. It takes money and it takes energy and it takes volunteers. So what can churches do to best support college ministries, especially Wesley Foundations, if they're United Methodist?
1: So I think there's a couple of ways to, to best support. Um, one being the actual ministry itself, right? Uh, Prayers, absolutely. You need to be praying for the campuses in your area and for the students, uh, for their hearts to be open to uh, seeing need within themselves and that God would show them that they would see God's grace. I mean, that is number one. Um, You mentioned giving. I used to think that, well, if I'm not close to the college town or if I don't know, Mm I just used to think that proximity mattered and mm-hmm. it totally doesn't anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, mm-hmm. you're, sure. if you're an alumnus of a university, maybe you didn't even go to Wesley, but mm-hmm. they have one now. Mm-hmm. Like I know their director, their pastor would love to get in touch with you for that support. Yeah. Um, if your church is uh, 50 miles down the road and you don't have any people under 30, that campus would love your support some of my students favorite uh we bring in a lot of meals from like local churches and umws and small groups and
0: mm-hmm.
1: i mean they yeah, they've seen the pizzas they've seen the like <laughs> catered stuff they love love more than anything else the the homemade food
0: yeah yeah um
1: so there's there's all of that like helping the, the ministry on campus but when i think of what else you can do the other kind of side of things in the local church is that Your young adult ministry or your campus ministry might be, uh, you know, micro seasonal, (laughs) if if that's a word. Um, Because ours pretty much like we we go really uh, fast and furious during the semester, but during summer break Mm -hmm. and winter break, Mm -hmm. uh, students go home. And when they come home, what kind of homecoming will there be?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, And and what an opportunity to share. Um, grace and wisdom with mm. them I think is what mm. they need uh when I was at uh Genesis one of the things I I noticed was we would have a bunch of college students ret- return for winter break
0: it's a local church just to clarify for those listening yes sorry <laughs> yes yeah, it's yeah. okay <laughs> uh
1: so they would come back for break and while they were gone on campus and at school I would I would be hearing these stories from uh, I'd be hearing these stories from older senior adults who'd gone through all sorts of different life experiences, job changes, divorces, pain, uh, loss. And I would, I would think to myself and, and and they, they, they would go through these things and they would, they would still have their faith intact. And it was their faith that brought them through. And I would think to myself, if only that 20 year old could hear your story, like, that's that would be so life-giving and so hope filled to know that someone sure. who has seen what you're scared of or what mm. you're terrified about has gone through it survived it and like maintained love through it i mean that yeah. that's huge so i i would often try to organize these groups of just um some of the other adults in our church to get to know young people and like share share how God brought you through brokenness and that opened up a lot of conversations that um, I think are good for young folks to hear
0: I love that I love that well that's been so insightful and I think it's something that um, just takes a lot of intentionality and a lot of um, focus and care to really try to reach college students to understand what it is they're going through. And also to remember to have the attitude of they're part of the church. They're part of the body of Christ. It's not, it's not in the future that they're a part of the church. Like they're a part of the church now. And so just even reaching out to the local Wesley foundation or the local college ministry to be involved to, to, um, to share, to witness, to serve, um, and be in partnership with, I think is is so vital. One thing I remember from my time as a, as a Wesley director and campus minister um, was this almost awe when churches would show up, when United Methodist women's groups, small groups would show up to serve, and this These old, usually older adults would want to sit down and talk with the students and ask how they're doing. And I remember the college students thinking like, they actually care about me. You know, I'm like, it's not like they're trying to, you know, Hey, come to our church and come and tithe and give money to our church. It was like, they were intentionally these, these, especially women um, who would come and, and sit down and get to know these college students. It's like, Oh, they, they care about me. And I think even, you know, on the days that we had lunch and it was open to the entire campus, anyone could come, they could come and get a a home-cooked meal. Like you said, Eddie, they, you know, people love, probably have, they don't really get home-cooked meals often on campus. It was, at least for me, it was like fast food and, you know, takeout food or whatever, but um, just a a home-cooked meal. And then just a smile and like, we love, we love you, like in such a radical, um, showing of God's grace. And I wonder about these students sometimes, you know, I would see them for a whole semester or a year or two. Um, and sometimes I wouldn't see them again. And I often wonder, I mean, it's been nine, 10, 12 years or so where they are now. And if we had that opportunity to plant those seeds that a church loved and cared about them, that, um, in their hard times, perhaps they return to a church or the return to some kind of, of a faith group. Um, and I, I wonder, cause sometimes, you know, we don't see the fruitfulness. We we're just planting the seeds and we have to give the rest to God. Um, and we, where the seeds been planted by the local church, they go off to college and here we are to water the seeds and we may not see the, the, the full harvest of it, but, we're able to water those seeds, plant those seeds, water those seeds. And so um, what you're doing is, is vital, vital to the body of Christ. And so I just want to give you encouragement and all those listening to please don't count on our college students. Don't, don't count, count them out and, and, you know, forget about them, (laughs) if you will. Um, The work you're doing is so vital. And I hope that people listening, remember that. Well, thank
1: you i i appreciate it i could talk about this for hours (laughs) and days because i love it so much and and what you described about just showing love is is everything because Mm -hmm. even in that prodigal son story uh the the son coming back home doesn't become a son because he returned right but uh, he's he's a child of God before he ran away while he mm-hmm. ran away and when he comes back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so even the, even the students with the best of parents still need a, a hug and a, 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 show of concern from someone that symbolizes that, that care. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, how can, how can people find you? How can people follow the TCU Wesley Foundation on social media?
1: That's a great question. I believe our Instagram is TCU Wesley Foundation. It is not impressive because I am running it right now. (laughs) It's okay. You've got a uh, lot in your plate. You find us on our website is So Those are probably the two best ways.
0: I just verified. Yes. TCU Wesley Foundation is your handle for Instagram. Excellent. And we will link all of that in our show notes as well. So you don't, if you didn't write that down Um, and, you know, I challenge our listeners to forego their Starbucks run today and donate to the TC Wesley, because that, that money can go to, uh, to help reach, um, college students with the good news. So I challenge all of our listeners to do that. Um, and if you want to give more, please (laughs) feel free, but you know, do you really need to go to Starbucks today? Um, (laughs) Eddie, thank you. I appreciate your time, your wisdom, your energy. And I would love just to, just to pray for our students and pray for you right now. If you don't mind,
1: absolutely.
0: Gracious, loving God. We're so grateful for your love that extends to all areas, all spaces, all places, and especially reaches our college students. Oh God, in this world where um, there's so many unknowns and COVID is just so hard right now. And these students are facing um, an economy that's tough, political scene that's just tough. God, we pray for your grace to cover them for spaces and places that are safe, where they can just be, be beloved children of you, oh God, and, um, and, and have courageous conversations and ask deep questions and together um, leaders like Eddie can walk with them on this journey. So God, I pray for Eddie and, uh, and for all college campus ministries and, and directors, give them um, encouragement and strength and um, in the power to continue to reach those uh, who are in, in greatest need, who need to hear the good news that they are loved, they're accepted just as they are, and that the church cares for them. And God, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. Be sure to share this with your pastors and other members of your church and community. Also, if you would, give us a rating, give us a review, and just let us know that you're here, that you're listening, and that you appreciate uh, what you're hearing. And then join us next week as we begin another two part series on human sexuality and the importance of this deep and sometimes controversial topic. So um, we look forward to that. It's with uh, Heather Goddess Moore. Great conversation that I know that you will enjoy. Um, In the meantime, check out our website, thecaringcongregation.com for additional resources and information. And we have our national webinar coming up February 25th and 26th of 2022. We hope that you will register for that. Register your care team and also there's discounts available if you have um, a large watch party as well. So check that out. Um, In the meantime, may God bless you and keep you.